chapter 14, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. And I just want to commend the many volunteers and amen team who are helping in so many ways around this church. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes, beautiful new backdrop, and amen, people helping out in the parking lot, and and Sunday school, and the list goes on and on. I'll miss something if I start naming everything and everybody, but I just want to clap, amen, our hands, and just honor all of our volunteers. We serve because we care. We care about the Lord and his kingdom, and we care about you. We hope that you feel that love today, that it's genuine. We're not here to put on, but we're here to just merely be a reflection of the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we pray that everyone in this place, whether this is your first time or 500th time, will, amen, receive that love today. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. We don't know where you're going. Then how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This Easter Sunday, I want to speak to our hearts this subject. He made a way. He made a way. Would you put your Bibles down, your phones down? Would you close your eyes and we lift our hands together and open our hearts and just ask the Lord to help us receive what he wants to give us today. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this precious Easter Sunday. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for an old rugged cross. We thank you for shedding your precious blood for our sins, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you did not stay in the tomb, Lord God, but you took the keys of death and hell. Lord, and you rose again with all power in your hands. Lord God, that we, Lord, too, Lord God, could live above the death of this sin in this mortal body. And by the power of your spirit, have resurrection unto eternal life. Lord, let us receive your word and be transformed like only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. It is such a privilege again to be here, and uh, today's a very special day, and I'm thankful for the hope and expectation that I feel in the word of the Lord and what Jesus has in store for those who hunger for him today. Amen. Jesus made 
a way. He made a way. And he declared in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus truly is the way. And his way is the cross at Calvary. He carried and died upon the cross at Calvary. Matthew 16 verse 24 says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up or carry his cross and follow me. It is the way of Jesus Christ. The cross is the way of Jesus Christ. The cross changed human history forever. The world cannot ignore the cross. One life to another life will either embrace the cross or despise the cross. But one thing is for certain, we cannot ignore the cross. Believers and unbelievers alike cannot ignore the cross. Disciples and persecutors of disciples cannot ignore the cross. Atheists, agnostics, Muslims, Buddhists, idol worshipers alike cannot ignore the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is the emblem, the song says, of suffering and shame. The cross is the place of death that gives way to life and victory and righteousness. This is the way of the cross. I must come as I am to the cross. You must come as you are to the cross. Every one of us in some way, shape, or form will come face to face with the cross of Christ at Calvary. But we must never leave the cross the same that we came. Jesus went to the cross to change me. Jesus went to the cross to change you. He went to the cross to transform our traitorous and deceitful hearts. Now, I understand that is strong language today. I know that's not jump up and shout kind of language today. But the truth of the matter is, if we are brutally honest, traitorous, and deceitful is exactly who 
we are. The Bible reveals to us in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what scripture says about our hearts. That's what scripture says about my heart. And if I'm honest enough, and if you're honest enough, we'll come to that conclusion. Amen. How many have ever felt at any point in your life that you realized you were your own worst enemy? Slip your hand up. Come on. Amen. We need a good dose of daily honesty in our life. Amen. We need a good dose of humble pie in our life. Humble pie doesn't taste good, but it's good for us. Amen. And the truth is, is that I am my own worst enemy. And you are your own worst enemy. And there's no one in my way of victory more than myself. And there's nobody in your own way of victory other than yourself. And Jesus went to the cross to transform this traitorous, deceitful nature within our hearts. It's the way of Jesus Christ. The cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. The cross was not a pretty experience. It was gruesome. It was brutal. It was agonizing. Jesus writhed in pain. Has anybody ever here in their life writhed in pain? been in so much pain that you just you wanted to be somewhere outside of your body I've been there before I've had pain like that before Lord God can you just transport me somewhere outside of here I'm in so much physical pain I can't take it Jesus writhed in pain as he took on the sins of the world. He took on our sins by three nails on an old rugged cross. But what we must understand today is that our sin caused Jesus more pain than those three nails our sin your sin my sin our sin caused Jesus more pain than those three nails Jesus who knew no sin at all took on your sin and my sin And he took all of the penalties for sin at the same time on the cross that day. You see, the Bible says in Romans that the wages of sin is death. That's what we earn for sin. It's like 
at the end of two weeks, if you go to work every single day, we earn a paycheck. The Bible tells us, informs us that the wages of sin, that word sin means offense, to be an offender. We have a record. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He took our penalties for sin all at the same time. Amen. I think I heard someone, I can't remember what the the reference was, but if we were to count all the people who are alive today and who have ever lived upon the earth, uh, the estimate is some total of 80 billion people since Adam and Eve until now. 80 billion. Right now, this present day, we're approaching 8 billion in the earth. 80 billion people. When Jesus went to Calvary, not including those who will live after us, Amen. It it includes those, I'm sorry, who will live after us, but we don't know that number. We don't know how many people those will be. But Jesus took on the sins of at least 80 billion people that we know all at the same time on Calvary's cross. And what we need to understand about sin You see, sin is not a popular message today. But we need to talk about sin. Because Calvary's about sin. The cross is about sin. Easter is about sin. And a holy God dealing with separating sin. Sin is disgusting in the eyes of God. We categorize it in our human minds we say that's a little white lie, but that's a really big sin over there. We, we put sin in tears, but amen, sin is sin, and sin is disgusting to God. Sin is traitorous towards God. Sin severs relationship with God. Sin ruins lives and families. And that is exactly what Jesus felt on the cross. Jesus on Calvary's cross felt every lie, felt every greed, felt every lust, felt every murder. He felt all the guilt and shame and abandonment and fear of sin. He felt that from all of us. Every sin that we've ever committed, he took on Calvary that day. Jesus felt the treason of our sin. Jesus felt the disgust of our sin. Jesus felt the separation and darkness and shame of our sin. We need to own it, church. We need to own it. He's there. Because of me. He's there because of you. He took our sin and shame. 
And he felt the separation in darkness. It's why in Matthew 27, verse 46, about the ninth hour, the Bible says, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our willful, conscious, decisive sin that makes you and I feel forsaken and makes you and I feel distant from God. That same willful, decisive sin, your sin, in my sin, made Jesus feel forsaken that day. It's what sin does. It separates. It's what sin does. It severs. Jesus felt what we feel when we sin. Separation. Forsaken. That's what death feels like. That's what hopelessness feels like. Jesus came to be the ultimate sacrifice for sin. Jesus came to conquer sin once and for all. Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin once and for all. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. Oh, what a mighty God. Oh, how he deserves worship and praise and adoration. He deserves all glory and honor. Amen. Because he paid it all for you and for me. Sin. Sin. I'm going to wear it out today. We need to hear it. Amen. We have defense mechanisms in our mind and our emotions that wants to deflect this subject that wants to deflect this topic. We don't want to deal with sin. We want to avoid it. We look to cover it up. And since the age of Adam and Eve, mankind has been seeking to cover up sin. To this day, we are looking in our humanity, in our carnality, to cover sin. But sin had to be dealt with. Sin had to be addressed. Why does sin have to be addressed? Because sin causes separation. Sin ruins relationship with us in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I know humanity, you're trying to cover your sin. You're trying to avoid it. You don't want to talk about it. But we can't have relationship until we deal with it. We have to talk about it. We have to address it. We have to defeat it. Jesus said, I'm not going to let you bypass it. Sin can only be overcome by him who would not sin. Sin could only be overcome by him who would not yield to sin. The Lord. Jesus 
Christ. The wages of sin is death. The earnings of sin is death. Death is what we will pay if we continue to live in sin. What we must understand when we hear that word death is that death means separation. It is the final separation. Sin in this life will cause us to feel distant from God. We'll say, why can't I feel God? Why do I feel like my prayers are hitting a brass ceiling? Why can't I feel God the way that I want to or need to or used to? Amen. The cause, child of God, is sin. Amen. And until we deal with sin, we will always feel separated from God. Jesus loves us so much, he said, we've got to deal with it. We've got to deal with sin. Death is separation, and sin separates us from God. And sin, since Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, sin has always caused death and separation. It always has, and it always will. I understand this isn't a fluffy message that I'm preaching to you on this Easter Sunday, but there was nothing fluffy about Calvary. I said there was nothing fluffy about Calvary. It was gruesome. It was brutal. And I know, amen, that there are those who respectfully and kindly, amen, take today around the world to be mindful of Jesus in the sacrifice that he gave himself on Calvary's cross. Amen. But today the cross is more than just an Easter Sunday subject. Amen. The cross is for you and I every day. The cross is made to save us from sin every day of our lives. Jesus makes it clear. We got to understand sin separates. Sin causes death and death is separation. Sin causes death and death is separation. And Jesus makes it clear throughout the scriptures that separation is not and never has been what he desires. Separation has never been what Jesus wants in our lives. Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 4, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions or dwelling places. You could say places of fellowship, places of communion. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go, Jesus said, to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. That doesn't sound like separation to me. That where I am, Jesus said, there 
ye may be also. It's all he's ever wanted. That where I am, there ye may be also. That where I am, there ye may be also. So I've got to deal with the thing that's going to keep you from being where I am. And that's sin. Why Calvary? Why the cross? Because the cross has to deal with the very thing that causes separation from God. Sin ruins the beautiful promise of eternal communion with the Lord from becoming our reality. It's what God has always wanted. He created man for communion. He created Adam and Eve for communion. He loved walking in the cool of the day. He loved fellowshipping with them. And then sin entered in and caused separation. And although God was gracious and merciful, their relationship on this side of heaven would never be the same. In Calvary, Jesus went to Calvary to restore fellowship, restore communion. To conquer sin and death once and for all. Sin separates us from this promise. Sin separates us from eternal communion with the Lord. Sin separates you and I from eternal life. He went to Calvary to conquer sin. He went to Calvary to restore our relationship with him that sin destroyed. He went to Calvary to receive you and I to a place beyond this world. He went to Calvary to receive you and I. He just said it in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you. And this place that Jesus speaks of is nowhere on this earth. He went to Calvary to receive us unto a place beyond this world. To the carnal mind, this does not make sense. To the carnal mind, the cross does not make sense. To the one who is living only for today, to the one who's only living for what they see with their physical eye, the cross does not make sense. Why would you die for someone who does not love you? the way you love them. It does not make sense. Why would you die for someone who does not and maybe is even incapable of giving to you what you give to them? Why would you even dare to die? It does not make sense unless you know the reason why. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, where I am, where is he? The Bible says the earth is his, I'm sorry, heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. We know, amen, that he's on my present and in every place, but his throne room is in heaven and he went to Calvary so that where he is, There we may be also. It's the depth of love. You mean Jesus would go through all that for you? For me? It's not even a fair trade. 
It doesn't even come close. What can I even give to God? It doesn't even come close. I can't even count. I had to stop counting how many times I failed God. But he went to Calvary. So that we could have fellowship with him. To the life who has no hope or faith for a life beyond this earth, the cross does not make sense. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, the Bible says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. The world considers the cross foolish. Fooey on all this Easter celebration. Fooey on going to church. Don't say happy Easter to me. Amen. Fooey on all this. What you're all about, children of God, doesn't make sense. Why? Because they're living only for this life. The message of the cross, the Bible says, is foolishness to those who are perishing, to those who only have life just in this life alone. But to us, but to us who are being saved, to us who are walking on the path of salvation, saved from what? To us who are being saved, saved from what? From sin. From sin. He went to Calvary to save us from the bondage of sin. Unto us who are being saved, it is the power of God. There is life beyond this earth. There is a death beyond our death on earth. Life is communion. Death is separation. This is why he came. Verse 21 of the same chapter, I'm nearing a close. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world, by its own wisdom, knew not God. Wall Street. Academia, the scholars of the world, the UN. It's foolishness. Or the biggest Wall Street tycoons would be right here today. Or they'd be in some church somewhere. If it made sense to the world, all the Harvard professors and Yale professors would be where you're sitting today. Don't envy what they have. Don't envy who they are. There's nothing wrong with education. I'm going to tell you something. We have believers in Harvard. There's believers in Yale. There's believers in White House. There's believers, amen, in the Wall Street. There's believers, amen, at the United Nations. Amen. There's, there's God is putting people in all kinds of places. But it's not for us to envy their status. Or to downgrade ourselves because maybe what they do or what they have and perhaps we look at that in contrast to what we 
don't do or what we don't have. Don't, don't do that. Jesus doesn't look at you that way. It's foolishness to the world, the Bible says. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom, by its earthly wisdom, knew not God. However, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Jesus went to Calvary to save us from sin and to save us unto fellowship. Jesus went to Calvary to save us from sin and save us unto fellowship. Why did Jesus endure people not believing who he is? Why did Jesus endure persecution and betrayal? Why did Jesus endure false accusations? Why did he endure being spit on and mocked? They pierced him in his side. They whipped him with cat of nine tails 39 times uh, until his flesh was about pouring out of his skin. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. The Bible says his visage was marred. His face was disfigured. You could not even recognize him. Why? They stripped him naked. Soldiers gambled for his clothing. They gave him vinegar and mockery to drink and quench his thirst. Why? Why? To give us a way to eternal life. Jesus thought eternity and fellowship with you and I both in this life and for eternity was worth dying for. God, the creator God, the Bible says, he robed himself, the living word, amen, robed himself in flesh, just like you and I. The Bible says he was tempted in all points, just like we are, yet without sin. God, amen, subjected himself to the ridicule of his own creation, was beaten by his own creation, spit on, rejected, betrayed by his own creation because he thought, It was worth it to give his life so that you and I could have eternal life. Would you stand with me today? He made a way. The way is very controversial in our world. The way he made is very divisive in our world. You began to talk about the cross. You began to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And you'll either gain a friend or an enemy. You'll gain a friend or an enemy. They will confess either, I'm on that path too. I'm on that journey too. Or either they will quietly reject you or boldly reject you because of your embracing of the cross of Christ. But it is the way unto salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Calvary is the way. Jesus going to Calvary and dying a gruesome death on a cross for the world seems foolish until you realize his why. Eternity. Eternity is what divides those who believe and those who do not believe. Sin separates us from Jesus on earth. And sin will separate us from Jesus for eternity. And so he went to Calvary because throughout mankind history, we tried to use willfulness to overcome our own sin. I'm just not going to do bad. I'm just not going to mess up this time. I'm just not gonna, I'm not gonna make the mistake that I used to make this time. We tried it on our own again and again and again, and we failed and we failed and we failed. And so Jesus said, I love you so much. I'm gonna come and be that spotless lamb. I'm gonna pay your penalty for sin. Not so just that we could receive it and say, oh, Lord, thank you for doing that. I'm going to go back on my way now. Not so I could ignore him. Not so that I could avoid him. But I'm going to walk in that way and say, Jesus, you went to Calvary. Because before I could not reach you because of my sin. I could not embrace you because of my sin. But now, because you shed your own blood, Lord Jesus, and conquered sin and death once and for all, I'm going to draw near. I'm going to draw near. I'm going to come close. I'm going to walk with you. As Jesus died and was buried, and rose again, we too must have a death. We must have a burial. And we must have a resurrection. The Bible says in Mark 1.15, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent ye and believe the gospel. The death that we must experience today is not a physical death, but a death to self. 
a death to my will. I must turn from my way and turn towards God. Repentance is death. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. I must too experience a crucifixion. And my Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. We have warm water here today. According to scripture, amen, as Jesus was buried in the tomb, uh, the burial we must obey and experience is baptism by full immersion in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Uh, That's what we do with our old nature. We bury it as our sins are washed away. And after after we experience this burial, as Jesus rose again, three days later with all power in his hands, his will is not for us to remain the same for us to have a newness of life and there is a resurrection before the ultimate resurrection in the coming of the Lord there's a resurrection in this life that Jesus wants us to experience Romans 8 10 and 11 I'm going to wait I want us to see this here today there's nothing that would please God more then for us to experience this death, burial, and resurrection. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Romans 8, 10, and 11. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. Because that's what sin does, right? It causes death. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit of life because of righteousness But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or resurrect your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. There's a baptism today of the water and of the spirit. How do I respond to my plight? How do I respond to my sin? We have reference for how to respond. You see, you and I can't go to Calvary. It's not for us to go and literally find a cross to be nailed to physically. Our cross is repentance. Our cross is self-denial. Jesus said, if anyone will follow me, let him take up his cross. It's the way of Jesus. And follow me. And so this morning, I'm going to ask everyone to take as many steps as we can towards the Lord today in this sense. We're about to pray a prayer of repentance. That's a prayer that we'll never graduate from today. As long as you're living and breathing, we're going to need to repent. 
It's the death that we need to experience and feel. We need to turn from our sin. And let me say this before we pray today, that repentance is not when we cry, but repentance is when we change. We have warm water here. We have towels. We have robes. And I want to say that if you are here today and if you have not obeyed the Scripture and been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission and removal of your sins today can be your day the Bible says that when we are baptized we are buried with Jesus our sins are washed away when we are washed in his name and we can come in the newness of life if you want to be baptized today we have people ready to baptize you all you have to do brother Chris if you'll just slip your hand up amen right over to my right amen if you want to make the Jesus, your choice, and be baptized. Go see him before you leave this service, and we'll baptize you in the name of the Lord. And then there are those, amen, who like Desiree received last Sunday. You've been seeking. You've been longing for the baptism of his spirit. It is the resurrection power. How do we overcome sin? By the spirit of God, the Bible says. It's the resurrection power that causes us to rise from the death of our sins. And so how do I receive that today? As I'm repenting and I'm praying, I'm seeking God. I begin to thank God for his forgiveness after I've repented. I begin to celebrate his love for my life. I begin to offer words and prayers of thanksgiving and praise and love and worship. I begin to get lost and overwhelmed in his love for me. I allow the love of Jesus to overwhelm my guilt and shame. And as I'm praying in my native tongue, I'm praying in English. I'm praying in Spanish or whatever your native language is. What will happen is the Bible says you will begin to pray in a heavenly language. And it will give you power and joy and victory and righteousness. I'm going to invite us all to come down to this altar as much as all possible. We're going to pray. We're going to commune with God. That's what he went to Calvary for today. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance. And after that, we're going to celebrate. We're going to worship. We're going to celebrate his resurrection in praise. We're going to celebrate his resurrection in worship today. Amen. There's so much to celebrate. You see, death or sin is gruesome. It's brutal. It's nasty. We feel that sense of uncleanliness. But when we repent and turn from our sins, there's this this weight lifted. And when Jesus begins to lift that weight off of you, don't take the guilt back. Church, are you hearing me this morning? When Jesus begins to lift that weight off of you and say, you're forgiven, stop beating yourself up and receive his forgiveness. Begin to thank him for his forgiveness. Begin to receive his joy and worship and adore him. And let's get lost in him. I'm going to say this last thing and we're going to pray here. What's important here today is not routine. We're not here for routine. 
We're not here for ritual. Jesus went to Calvary for relationship. If you believe that, say amen. He went to Calvary for relationship. So this is not about reciting a memorized prayer. This is not about going through the motions. This is about praying until my heart not only connects with God, but communes with God. Are you with me? You know, sometimes we pray, and then the moment I begin to feel the touch, I'm like, okay, I'm done. That felt good. I got a little Holy Ghost raindrop. Now I'm going to go back to my seat. Instead of that, okay, look, your food's going to be there. Your restaurant's going to be there. Okay, it's going to be there. Instead of just disconnecting once we feel that raindrop, why don't you take a step back, run on that diving board in the ocean of mercy and grace and forgiveness, and jump in. Dive in. In, immerse yourself in the love of God. Immerse yourself in the mercy of God. We're going to repent right now. We're going to pray. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to ask the Lord to forgive us. We're going to turn from our sin. All right? And let's be real. Let's let our hearts go there. We're going to make things right with God. And after we've done that, we're going to receive forgiveness. Sometimes we do the first, but we don't do the second. Okay? And we leave still feeling heavy. That's not the will of God. We're going to now, after we repent, we're going to receive. And we're going to celebrate. And we're going to worship. And if you need the Holy Ghost, you signify. Amen. You lift your hand up. Amen. And we'll pray for you and believe the Lord to fill you with the Spirit. If you need to be baptized, see Brother Chris in the back by the wall. Amen. And we'll baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You, We have all change of clothes, robes, everything you need. Amen. We don't want you to worry about any of those things. What we're going to do is we're going to pour our hearts out in worship. Can we close our eyes right now across the sanctuary? Can we lift our hands unto the Lord? Come on, let's turn to Jesus right now. Let's turn to our loving Savior. Lord, right now, Lord, we come to you in repentance, Lord. Lord God, we turn our hearts from our sin, Lord. I turn my heart from my sin, Lord. I ask you today to examine me. Come on, let's get real with Jesus today, church. I ask you to look within my life, Lord Jesus. Lord, take inventory in my heart, in my thoughts, in my actions, Lord, in my attitude, Lord, in my priorities, Lord. Lord God, I ask you to shine your light in my soul, Lord Jesus. If there's anything in me, Lord Jesus, that's not like you, Lord Jesus. Anything that's, Lord, I'm doing, saying, way that I'm living, that's grieving your heart. Lord, that's severing our relationship. Lord, I repent of it, Lord. I turn from it, Lord. I don't want to be involved with it, Lord. I want to distance myself from that thing that ruins relationship with you. I want to distance myself from everything that ruins communion with you. I turn from the lying. I turn from the stealing. I turn from the cheating. I turn from the excuses. I turn from the greed. I turn from the lust. I turn from the selfishness. I turn from the rebellion. 
rebellion. I turn from indifference. I turn from anything, Lord. I turn from everything, Lord, and I turn to righteousness. I turn to purity. I turn to communion with you, Lord. Lord God, forgive me, Lord, for every prayerless day. Forgive me for every day I have not immersed myself in your word. Lord, I receive your forgiveness today. I turn my heart to your holiness. I turn my heart to your purity. I turn my heart to committing to your love with more than just my word, but with my whole heart today. I turn to you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I ask you to forgive me today. I ask you to forgive me. And, Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I thank you. I thank you for your forgiveness. Come on, that's it. Come on, everybody, lift your voice. Lord, I I ask you to forgive me, Lord. I ask you to change me, Lord. I want to be different. I want to be brand new. I want to be pure. I want to be whole. I want to be changed, Lord Jesus. I want to please you, Lord. I want to honor you with my life, Lord Jesus. I want to be close to you. I want to walk with you, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now what we're going to do, come on, let's transition here. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to thank the Lord for his forgiveness today. Come on, this is this is what we're going to do. Come on, just right where you are. If you feel that guilt lifting off, let me tell you something. We're going to celebrate. We're going to thank the Lord. Amen. And focus your attention. If you really meant what you prayed. All right? We don't have to beg God for forgiveness. Okay? We don't have to wear it out. We have to be real, sincere, mean it, and do it. And now, what we're going to do is receive and give thanks. We're going to give thanks. We don't deserve it, but we're going to thank Him for it. Can we transition our focus in prayer today? Come on, can we lift our hands again? We're going to thank God. Allow his overwhelming love to fill your life today. Come on, that's it. Lord Jesus, I thank you right now. I thank you for forgiving me, Jesus. I thank you for Calvary, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for making me brand new. I thank you, Lord God, for forgiving my sins, Lord. I thank you for loving me, Lord. I thank you for taking me back. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for lifting that weight upon my shoulders. I thank you for the power of your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for who you are today, Lord. Come on, that's it. Let's continue with that. Lord, I receive your forgiveness today. The weight is lifted. The shame is gone. The guilt is vanished, Lord. I celebrate you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy today. Come on, let's let's continue to love him. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus.